0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Best Got Beat, Season 2, Episode 19. My name is Luke Hatfield. As ever, I am joined by the one, the only, the man who must own a million retro football shirts, Liam Keane.
1: It is so weird you said that as an intro, because I, I was going to say it to you just before we came on just before we came on the recording, that I have bought another one the other day. Of course you have, you can't Genu- help yourself. Genuinely was just about to say it, and then, and then you were like, are you ready to go? I was like, yeah, yeah, and then you just bought that up. I mean, we're like... So in sync, but almost like one person.
0: I'm a big fan of NSYNC Did you ever? Did you ever listen to NSYNC?
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. You can tell your age though; you're a little bit older than me. What
0: are you trying to say, mate? Um,
1: <laughs> bit of bye bye bye. Can't go wrong. I'm a young buck. Remember that. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I got. Um, I, I was I was I, called, I was thinking about it the other day because obviously with the videos with Nathan, I've been wearing a different one each time. Mm. Wow, that that was after about. Four weeks or so of me wearing the same jumper in the in the, in the in the same video, which just happens to be the jumper I'm wearing right now. Of course, it is. Um, it's a it's a uni one I got, but um, yeah, the only one I've not worn on the videos yet that I owned before this week was a 1994 Napoli home top, mm. um, which I'm going to whip out on a video at some point. But the other day on the weekend, I bought another one which arrived uh Wednesday today's Thursday yeah yesterday um and I got the Sevilla home top from 1990
0: I mean that's pretty spectacular great year by the way 1990
1: I wouldn't know it was 6 years before I was born
0: it was the year I was born mate so it's <laughs> definitely a good year uh I tell you what you 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 come out you come out with some proper gems there you do yeah,
1: that's a corker as well that one the um it's got no uh it's got no sponsor on the front Oh, right. So it's pure white, with the badge and the uh, manufacturer, which is uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Bukta, B-U-K-T-A. like an old. Okay. I'm not sure. Never heard of them, but okay. It, I mean, no, I, I'd heard of them before. But I'm not sure if they're around anymore, but I, I don't know. But um, it's like an old, older brand anyway, older manufacturer, and then it's just got no sponsor on the front. And I don't know how to sort of I don't know how to describe this, but the white um, there's no it is just white. There's no other colour. Mm. But sort of in the fabric is in like rows across is um, the badge.
0: Oh so right! Means,
1: it almost like almost like holographic in a way, but it's not holographic because that would look a bit sort of tacky. But that, that's the only way I can describe it. It's, um you see you can see the badge like faintly in the white all the way along. Uh-huh. It's really nice. You have to you have to braid out for a video. I think I, quite, will. I think we'll have I to. Will. Show it oh, yeah, off I'll to the fans. A bit. I think, as far as I'm aware, they wore it from the 1991 and the 91-92 season. They wore it for two seasons, mm. and then in that summer between just before the 92-93 season, when they stopped wearing it, is when Maradona moved to Sevilla. Oh right. So disappoint- I'm disappointed that he didn't wear it because it might have upped the value a little bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he he came. He was the next kit along as when he arrived. I think he was only there for a season.
0: Hmm. Do you ever go for name and number on the back?
1: Well, no, I, uh, I've, I've never done that, apart from that one I bought that's signed by Vieri. Did you see that one? I didn't see that one, but okay. it sounds spectacular. Well, it's, I, mean, you, I, I thought you'd know. I thought you watched all the videos that me and Nathan do, obviously. Uh, I, I edit them, but I don't watch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that says a lot. Um,
0: <laughs> Excuse me while way, sneeze in our pocket. I,
1: wonder, I, I wondered what that was then. I was, I was actually about to just gloss over that, and I was expecting that it was a technical thing. Um, no, I got a uh, an Inter Milan home top mm. from ninety. Oh, I can't remember the year. Oh, I do remember this actually. Sorry, this is going to annoy me. I'm going to have to Google what year it is again. Uh, it's signed by Christian Vieira. he has got his name and number on the back. You should be getting that frame, mate. True. Uh, he was a. There... Oh yeah, it was two thousand and one. There we go. Because he was there from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and five. It was two thousand and one. That shirt.
0: He was a proper like Italian league journeyman, wasn't he? he oh played, yeah, yeah. Played for so many different clubs Look, in no, Syria.
1: His cl- career now, he played for. I'm not going to count all the clubs because he's played for a lot. But Torino, Atalanta, Juventus, Atletico Madrid for a season, mm. Lazio, Inter, AC, Monaco, Sampdoria. i haven't, i haven't pretty much name all of them now. <laughs> uh, but Fiorentina. There was three spouses at Atalanta as well. I mean, he was a journeyman, but he was a good player, man. He Oh, very good bang. Yeah. Goals
0: Unlike you, I I I don't. I must admit, I don't collect like retro football kits. I do like every time there's an international tournament that rolls around, I'll buy like a different kit. Not not an England one. I always have an England shirt, but I'll buy like a different country's kit and have like a second club to support. Um,
1: there are some really nice kits that come out as well from other countries. Yeah, there really are. Like, ones. I really wanted that
0: Nigeria kit, but so, it was sold out everywhere.
1: I really wanted it as well, but I actually thought maybe it's a good idea i don't
0: it's, it's a bit it's a bit too popular for it to be like special not isn't just
1: it? that but i felt i felt a little i thought it might be a bit odd if someone of uh i don't know the best way to describe this but <laughs> someone from warwick uh born in i know North, what you, mean, you, know, you know what i mean wearing a, a nigeria top i'm obviously not of nigerian descent and you know what the pc world is a, is like a little bit the, mm. <laughs> nowadays i didn't want to cause offence but it, that top was absolutely amazing It's quality so nice. there was a i think it was last season or it might have been this season on track frankfurt their home top was an absolute worldy mm. so um but I, I haven't really i haven't really bought like tops like new tops really yeah but i I, t- I tend to go back and buy older ones Mm. But um but yeah the uh yeah I I need to show you that Vieri one, I'll show you it once we finish recording. But yeah, it's Vieri, Vieri 32 signed by him on the number on the back. Very um, good. Um at 2001 top.
0: I've only got one signed piece of sports memorabilia, but it is my baby. Um I've got it framed in my office. It's a signed Michael Jordan jersey. That's sick. Twenty three red MJ Bulls jersey. Uh, I, I collect basketball jerseys more than I do football kits I've got so many of them it's, it's beyond a joke um, but how have you been keeping Liam how have you been keeping during lockdown because lockdown's easing a little bit we can go and play golf now we can go play tennis we can go and play basketball which is great for me sports um, I, don't, I don't play yeah is that is that any help to you?
1: Um, well I mean I, I went through a spell when I was a bit younger going fishing oh right maybe, maybe I'll pick that up again
0: fly-fishing for
1: Liam King. (laughs) It wasn't fly-fishing, so maybe I'll pick that up again, but it's been a while since I did it, I'm what, 23 now, it's maybe been, maybe seven years, eight years, since I went, it was like early teens, I used to go for a bit, for a couple of years, Um, Mm. so maybe I'll pick, I've still got all the kit and stuff, so maybe I'll pick that up, but not really to be honest now, I mean I was quite looking forward to getting excited up until the, uh the Sunday, when we knew Bo- Bojo was coming on, thinking, oh, this might be the time we can all go out and do... Basically, I just want to go to a beer garden. Um, oh, you've not got a
0: chance of that any time soon,
1: mate. I know. And then, I mean, realistically, I didn't think that was going to happen, but I was just excited. And to be honest, I'm just seeing my missus as well. I was mm. hoping something might happen. Um, but uh, but no, so I actually, I'm uh, actually going to see my girlfriend today, to go oh, for yeah? a, a socially distanced walk. Oh right. Um, after work, so that uh, that would be nice. But um, yeah, I, I, it's been all right to be honest. Everything else is going all right. I mean, I'm uh, smashing work, obviously. I mean, obviously. No, no, it's going fine. I mean, I'm still literally cooped up in the same, the same area in the same clothes, <laughs> mm. but without a haircut. My hair was absolutely shocking. Um, I mean, it wasn't
0: great to begin with, mate. So uh,
1: the irony. Um, <laughs> so, I've gone. I've
0: gone with the shaved look.
1: I've been thinking about it. I really have been thinking about it. but I'm not sure I'm brave enough to do it. And also, I'm concerned it might not grow back.
0: You don't have to worry about that. Mine grows back super quick.
1: But it's, I think it's genetic, though, isn't it? It might, it might not happen for me.
0: I mean, if you shave it, it will grow back, mate. I guarantee it. I'd put. I'd put my house on it.
1: I did ask my barber. So I had either haircut like the day before we went into lockdown. Mm. And I said to him because we obviously we were expecting it to happen. I said to him, if we're going to be in lockdown for a while, and my hair grows long, if I shave it all off, is there is it possible for it not to come back? And he said it is possible. It happened to a friend of his. And that, well, that and since then it's scared me from doing it.
0: I mean that's not great, is it? Imagine.
1: I mean I would be, so, be so I mean because I, I am going bald. It's going to happen at some point, but I don't want it to happen before it naturally occurs. Mm. Um, although I think I'd look pretty good bald.
0: I, I, I've i been told by some people that it suits me.
1: It's I think it suits you because you've got a beard. Yeah, if I didn't have the beard. That's the issue with me. I would look ill.
0: <laughs> it would, it'd be interesting. I'd like to see it. <laughs> Either way, now's the best time to do it, mate, because no one's ever going to see it, apart from your weekly Warsaw video.
1: True. How's everything with, uh, with you? All good?
0: All good, mate. All good. Can't really complain. Um, just plodding on. Um... Let's talk Saddlers, shall we? We're 10 minutes in. Talk to me. Um, And the big talking point, of course, return of football. No. Um <laughs> What's the latest? What's the odds on League 2 being finished? Because I'm going to be honest with you now, I do not hold high hopes for League 1 or League 2.
1: No, I don't think anyone does. Um, it looks extremely unlikely that they're going to resume. And I mean, there's plenty of reasons for that. The main reason... Really, as as with a lot of things and with football in general, it comes down to money. Mm. Um, I mean, I saw an estimated figure for how much the Premier League clubs are going to combine. So this is all twenty of them combining to make four million pounds to test just their players. That's let alone staff and everything else, and everyone else that needs to be involved at a stadium. Mm. And for a Premier for the Premier League, that's f- easily affordable between twenty clubs. Between 24 clubs in League Two, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> um, it's, uh, it, I mean, it would be difficult to do without having financial difficulties at the moment. Let alone the difficulties they've got. So that, first of all, that's extremely difficult. Um, there's loads of things that comes into it when it comes to money. You've got bonuses, uh, player appearances, um, the fact that uh, we're unsure. To what extent the players can play after June 30th, the ones that are out of contract because mm. um, there'd be like a severance pay and there'd be uh, an opportunity for them to potentially play within that period and it, although it's very uncertain, again that's more money the clubs are going to have to pay, I mean plenty of clubs already are already starting to cast players off and, and a couple of clubs have put out their retained lists and let a load of seniors go, uh, Scunthorpe being one, Colchester another in League 2 and mm. um, so it it just seems virtually impossible, I think, for league two to finish and i I said this on the last podcast. It really pains me to say it because it's not something I didn't expect in my first year reporting on the club first of all uh secondly, as a just a football fan i want I want the season to finish as it is and just and and, and be concluded, but it looks. Yeah, it looks extremely unlikely. I mean, money's a massive thing. The contracts, as I've said, I and mean, there's loads of variables that go into it, um, which is probably why it's taken the EFL a hell of a long time to make a decision. Probably too long. Mm. Um, I mean, the, the board meeting uh, Wednesday, yesterday, um, was, i by description, it's, it's just the EFL board. There's no clubs involved in that. Um, and it's it, at the end, they put a statement out just to say, it was seven or eight paragraphs of nothing, hmm. <laughs> followed by uh, a line to say that clubs have been told that not to resume full training until 25th of May at the earliest. So when you take that date into account, if League Two is going to get finished in the 56-day period that the EFL set out for them to finish the, the league, which is, wh- which is the sort of framework they've been working to, they hmm. would have to start the league no later than June 6th, So that leaves them like 12, 13 days to train between 25th of May and June 6th. And that's just not enough time to get the season started. So that's just just a straight (laughs) mathematical issue they've got, Mm. that they can't actually start the season in time for that. So all of that into account, I just think it's extremely unlikely it's going to happen. So um, in terms of, uh, there's been a lot of reports about votes and uh, how they're going to determine the end of the season um i I understand that uh, well i actually i know for a fact first of all that there is a uh league two and league one meeting uh, tomorrow friday um that's a conference call with all the clubs and uh, the board of efl um they're set their separate calls uh, of the leagues um and then from what I've been told the none of the clubs or anyway the clubs that we speak to have been told ahead of time that there is going to be a vote mm. so they don't know going into it what they're going to be told or what they're going to be discussed the sort of the the, uh, the structure of the meetings is that the uh, the chairman will come on uh, of the EFL uh, Rick Perry will come on and uh, sort of outline what they've been discussing that week things like that and then invite people in to sort of give their points of view and then all the different club representatives then sort of get involved and um, whether that will result in a decision and a vote tomorrow, it's possible, but at the moment, um, it's it, it's not hundred percent. Basically, it's it's that it's going to be discussed. Whether it's going to happen or not is mm. is another question. So it's all very up in the air. And if 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 the national league models anything to go by, I expect we could hear what's going to happen with the league. I.e., it's going to be cancelled. It's not going to be. Be played out in full, but what the solution is to finishing promotion, relegation, where people finishing the table, that solution is going to be probably drawn out for even longer. So that's uh, a big one, isn't it? Yeah. Because
0: so many like you can say that that's it, number football, but there are still so many ramifications to sort out, aren't there? There's teams battling for promotion. There's teams battling to avoid relegation, um, and equally, you know. If you go up, you're planning for a whole different type of season. If you go down, you're planning for a whole different type of season. Well, exactly, teams all yeah. need to know what's going on, will not they?
1: Well, yeah, they, they they need to know first of all. Well, they they need to know everything, to be honest, because it's difficult to plan ahead. The um, as I said with the national league, if that's anything to go by, they they made a decision and then took their time to sort of build upon that, and they've implied that on on, on their statement on Wednesday, saying that um, the the initial conclusion to the season i.e. are they going to f- play it or not is in the short term they need to figure it out and then they need to figure out the long term ramifications and fill this financial gap is going to be etc they that's not word for word what they said but that's basically mm. they're laying out they they're telling you there in other words they're telling you we're going to we're going to make a decision on whether to play the season or not and then however long later they'll then come with, come to a decision on how to uh, on how to finish it whether it's point to game whether it's where the season is now frozen where the, the league is now side table um, anything like that I think points per game for me is the fairest mm. um, the issue with that is um, and it's not an issue fortunately actually before I say that fortunately none of the issues affect Warsaw in terms of where they finish in the league um, in terms of promotion or relegation because they're going to finish mid-table either way mm. so that is in itself probably a fortunate thing I'd say but you look at points per game um, Stevenage potentially get very harshly treated uh, because they are they were cast adrift until Macclesfield got um, points deducted again mm-hmm. they're now within I think they've, I think I don't want to double check I think they've got a game in hand um, and are only three points off them at the moment as it stands I'm just getting up in front of me now just so I can make sure I get that right uh, hmm. yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. They're three points off Macclesfield with a game in hand. Um, and if they do it points per game at the moment, Stevenage will be half a point off Macclesfield.
0: This is my issue as well with we'll, points per game. And then we'll game. get
1: relegated because of it.
0: Because points per game is all well and good. But, you know, teams like the West Brom Great Escape Teams like Leicester, the season they avoided relegation and then went on to win the yeah, league a year, a year or two later. They would have gone down had you would stopped the season at a point and said points per game. Yeah. It takes away some true. sporting integrity for me because you're not taking into account teams that can do that. And any team, well not any team, but teams are capable of pulling off upsets. And it's more a case with football than... I think any other sport this football for me is one of the few sports you can dominate a game and still lose. Yeah. And yeah. taking taking that away, taking that dimension away and just doing it using stats and that kind of thing. I don't for me integrity-wise it's not quite there. I I'm I still of the thinking that you shouldn't relegate a team um and bring all the 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 ramifications on them of that rele- relegation if they haven't played every game.
1: I, I agree. The only issue is it's the same it's the same in the opposite direction with the teams going up. And then it's the same with you look at the National League, Barrow at the top of the National League. They were on they were almost cut and dry at the top. They're they're very close to they were very close to securing promotion if they hadn't already off the top of my head. Mm. They're gonna be looking up thinking this is, I think it's been since the nineteen seventies since they were last in the football league. I mean, my having... argument
0: for that would be award promotion, um, but don't don't grant relegation, See? and that in that way everyone's happy, and then you increase the number of relegation of course, yeah. spots the following season.
1: I I I agree with that if you if you're, you're going to do it in a way that it, it it depends on the the legal sort of ramifications of doing that whether they because uh, they might have to, I don't know what, what, they've got all these legal who are they've got to go into and how they finish division, divisions and the tri-party blah 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 mm. um, so if that keeps everyone happy I I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a bad thing at all just have more teams in each league the problem is how far is that going to trickle down Yeah. Uh, you, you can only go so far with it can't you so Mm. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one because I mean, yeah, I mean the top of league two as well. It's it's very tight. But Crew and Swindon are the top two on the same points. Plymouth were a point off them. Swindon have actually got a game in hand on both of them, so they would be three points clear if they wouldn't that. Mm. So it's um, yeah, it's a tough one. Really is. But sadly, all the everything's pointing towards the fact that it's not going to finish on the pitch. Um, and then. God knows how long we'll have to wait until it uh, comes back for the next season.
0: Yeah, it's all a bit of a mess, isn't it? And I suppose it's a big question: a lot of people who you know haven't been you know haven't delved into um, the differences in leagues and stuff. A lot of people will be asking, why are League One and League Two being treated differently to the likes of the Championship and the Premier League? I know there's a big difference with money. Um, and you know, teams in the Premier League are spending fortunes, and teams in League Two are spending much less. But do you think there's some, maybe not, not maybe not. Do you think there's some disappointment? Are you disappointed that teams lower down the pyramid are being treated somewhat differently to the Premier League and Championship, where they are almost adamant that the season will be played out?
1: Um, I, I am disappointed on a. For a personal, from a personal point of view because I want the season to be finished hmm. um, from a they're being treated differently point of view no because it, it literally boils down to money again now people will argue why can't the, the Premier League pay for it bail out etc I mean It'd be nice, wouldn't wouldn't it? But that's wishful thinking, sadly. Mm. Um, it's uh, I mean there was this whole, there was this big thing about the 125 million advance that uh, they spoke about uh, what a month or so ago, whatever it was, and then very quickly following that, it came out that the um, of that 125 million a the vast majority of it was parachute pay- payments for clubs that had been relegated from the Premier League, i.e. Fulham, etc. Mm. Um, and then even more of it even less of it sorry of the remaining percent was then trickled down to to League 1 and 2 um, so they the Premier League made, made a very big thing about that and didn't actually outline in their statement where the money was going to and how it was being divided up mm. uh, and then when it did come out that it, <laughs> very little of it was actually being given to the clubs that needed the most um, they made, it made themselves look a bit silly so um it's wishful thinking that the Premier League are going to do that. At the moment, they haven't even got their own ducks in order. So they're not going to be thinking about looking after League Two. And that's just the that's just reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah, it. It just boils down to money again. So if the Premier League aren't going to do it, League Two, the, their clubs in League Two cannot afford to finish the season. And that might sound like a weird thing to say, but the only way it, that season is going to finish is behind closed doors. So that's the only way it's going to happen. And
0: Clubs rely on gates, exactly. don't they?
1: Rather than making money from playing games, which is what clubs do every single week, they will be losing money to play the remaining of the games. Now, there will be clubs that can afford it in League 1 and 2. There won't be many, but there will be clubs that can afford it. But there is by absolutely no way by any means, are every single club in, the, in those two divisions going to be able to afford to lose money every week on mm. top of the money they're already losing, on top of the money they're already having to pay out to whoever. Um, so it, that, that's, that, that's what it boils down to. It boils down to the fact they cannot afford to finish the season because they cannot afford to get the players on the pitch. As I said already, when I mentioned earlier, player bonuses and appearances, things like that, they all come into effect. You've got, uh, if the players play after June 30th, the ones are out of contract, they may be having, having to pay them even more to stay on and finish the season. Mm. It's uh, it's a whole mess at the moment. So I can understand why it's taken a while, but frankly, it's taken too long and the decision needs to be made, I think. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's not nice, but it's, sadly it's not the way, it's, it's not going to happen on the pitch now.
0: Mm. Um, on the bright side... Um,
1: but actually, before we say that, um, if I'm wrong, I would be the first person to be absolutely buzzing about it. I would love for oh, the season yeah. to come back and, and for it to be affordable and for clubs to survive. The last thing I want to see is any club in League 2 or League 1 go, go out of business because of it. I don't think anyone who's a real football supporter wants to see any club go out of business. Mm. So if I'm wrong and the club's can afford it and they come back and I'm sat at the Banks' of the Stadium covering... Warsaw against whoever, I will be absolutely buzzing. So I'll just put that out there before we move on. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, but on the bright side, um, good news regarding Joe Willis and Sam Perry. Yes. Um, Both signed first pro deals.
1: Yes. Both um, deserved, I would say. Um, And I say that based on the one time I've seen them both, but a lot on what Darryl has told me uh particularly mm. in press conferences on the record he's been speaking very glowingly of them um there was quite a few that of the sort of first year academy lads that didn't that got released mm-hmm. there's been quite a few that have been uh welcomed back to training uh to try and sort of work their way to earning a deal at some point mm. uh, but those two are the only two that have been uh i've been offered it so I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, they've only both played once the season, both made their debuts. It was in the um, EFL Trophy at home to Portsmouth, the 2-1 loss uh, in the round of 16 um, in January. Uh, Willis came on for the last 20, 25 minutes or so off the bench mm. and Sam Perry started the game, got booked in the first half and still played the whole 90 minutes and he was... Far and away, the Warsaw man of the match. He was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, I was really, really impressed with him. And uh, Nathan, who was there at that game as well, he, he, even he was very impressed with him. And you know, he's used to watching uh, Premier League football, so um, yeah, he uh, he was very impressed with him as well. So he, I, I thought he was absolutely excellent. And Dowell was glowing of him after the after that game. And when I, I whenever I asked about him since then, so he would have got more game time, I think between then and the end of the season but obviously the season didn't finish and he also picked up a bit of an injury mm. uh, he had a bit of a back injury not long after the game um, he was on the bench once or twice he was bench away at Salford um, possibly one at a time but uh, yeah both very good deals 218 18 year olds coming through who got who seemed to be thought of very highly there's a few younger players under that that I know Walsh got their eyes on Luke Pearce as a 15 year old striker that they're very keen on um, I don't know when his birthday is he might be 16 now but he was 15 last time I checked um, mm. and, uh, and yeah very good mood I think I think fans already know this um, and this isn't any inside information this is sort of speculative I would imagine the reason not, not the sole reason they've been given it because I think they would have been given it anyway but I think part of the reason they're getting deals is that some first team lads are going to be on their way out, out of contract uh just to save the club money basically. Um mm. I mean Dowell said as much really when he said that next season we'll probably have to go a bit younger with the squad. Uh and then within a few days of him saying that those two got the deal. So um so yeah, good news. Um and uh I think they'll be they'll be sort of important parts of the squad next season I I would expect.
0: Yeah I was gonna say that with you know the, the effects of coronavirus and the likelihood that you know less money will be available less money will be banded about in the transfer market. I mean, that's from the Premier League everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like that young players might get more of a chance next season.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, Warsaw are a club that have always given young players a chance. And, uh, I mean, Alfie Bates this season, this was his first year as an 18-year-old, first year as a f- first-teamer. Uh, he was not in- involved in the reserves at all, apart from the fact that he's left out of the squad towards the end of, when it, mm. the lockdown, but in terms of he's regarding his stature in the in the club as a first teamer, um, and he's been brilliant for for the most part, very very good. So they can, and he's a he's a central midfielder as well, same as Perry Willis is. Uh, I, th- I think they potentially are going to try and work on where his best position is because he's he can play centrally, mm. sort of more uh, sort of midfield, um, more of an advanced position. When he came on against Portsmouth, he came off on in the right wing. Um, so he is a more of an attack-minded player, but more of, a, again, a midfielder, not a striker. So I think they're probably going to work yeah. on his best position. But they can look at uh, Alfie and uh, and YouTube as an example. I mean, he's been brilliant, uh, shown how a player should move up from the youth ranks at 18 and what they should do to get into the into the team. And uh, I mean, he's had the odd bad game here and there. I mean, he didn't have, didn't have a good game at home to Carlisle in January and... Uh, but I mean to say that about an eighteen-year-old who is going to have the odd bad game here and there. That's just natural. Mm-hmm. Um, to say that and to say he's had a good season, I think, is credit to him. So they should, um, they should, they should use that as a bit of motivation because they will get the chances at Walsall. Um, and from what Darrell says, he will give them the chances. So um, yeah, good news.
0: Good news indeed. Elsewhere, um, Walsall are starting some work on the pitch, aren't they? Um, yes. I, I must admit that doesn't. That doesn't scream football's definitely coming back. Um, the fact that they are starting work on the pitch. But I suppose every cloud, you know, the pitch should be in tip-top, tape, tip-top shape come next season, shouldn't it?
1: Tip-top what? <laughs> shape. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can see why you think that because it's the I've had a few tweets as well. I think some fans might be a little bit confused. So in the, the article it explains it. Uh, and also the way it's been explained to me, uh, I mean the article—it's it's quotes from from Dan Moeller at the club, so it is—I think mm. it is quite clear once you sort of read it—that um, the the reason they're doing it, and it, it, this is as far as I've been told as well, outside of those quotes, and that it's not they're they not got any prior knowledge or anything else happening. The reason for it is that they have they physically have the amount of weeks and the amount of time to get it done. They started it a few weeks two two weeks ago, Um, and if even if football did return in League Two on June sixth, it would be ready in time for them. Mm. Uh, However, it's not (laughs) going to. So, so I don't think fans should read into it to say, "Oh, this is the season definitely over." Then, because they've done it because there is a time frame there to do it. Um, and it makes sense because um, they don't know when they're going to have that time again because Mm -hmm. if this season does finish for example they might go into a a very short period of pre-season so to speak and then straight into the next campaign Um, and when they started it a couple weeks ago they didn't know whether the season was going to be played or not Uh, it obviously looks like it isn't going to be now but either way whenever football does return whether it is this season or it is next season they're going to have a new pitch so I can, I I can see where they're coming from it with it, and I think it was a, a pretty smart move, I'd say. Um, mm. One thing fans may not be focusing on as much, and potentially is even more important, is is having some work done on the uh, on the training pitches. Yeah, because um, they've let they're letting it naturally regrow a bit, um, and I understand they are doing some work to it as well. So the the bad weather they had um, sort of back end of twenty nineteen. Um, and then into 2020 was meant that they didn't use the the training pitches for a good four or five months Mm. um they couldn't do any serious work on there and they were having to use they were travelling up to Lillyshaw in in uh in Shropshire um and they were also using the 4G at the Banks of Stadium as well um and it's it's I mean I'd say it's obviously not as not as good as having to use their own pitches um so it's important to get that back in in shape and uh and usable again because it it's uh, yes it's it's no help to anyone not being able to use it because they have to travel there to do they have to travel to the training ground to do the the gym work and and uh, and have meetings and stuff like that but then they're having to go back and forth to other places to do other bits and um so yeah so that's that's important as well and um so yeah should be all sorted, and then hopefully there's no bad, no bad weather, and it gets all ruined again. But uh, oh, that'd be a nightmare, wouldn't it? You don't want that. Yeah, I, I th- yeah. I had that. It was it was that prolonged period where we had really bad weather, and it just completely waterlogged the whole the whole gaff. So, um, so yeah. So, it should be all good news um, when football's back. They should be in a good place. What squad they have when it comes back is another question.
0: Yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? Um, and it's not just on the pitch; they're doing work off the pitch as well. It's great to see Walsall putting in the effort in terms of fundraising. It's not just the players; it's not just, you know, the coaches. Everyone's getting involved. Even the media team have been doing fantastic work fundraising, haven't
1: they? Yes, they have done. Yeah, I mean, you think about it realistically. Walsall aren't a club that can turn around to Walsall Manor Hospital and offer them a million pounds or anything like this. I mean, they have. They're a League Two club. They've got to be realistic. Mm. Unlike um, a lot of the clubs around them that can afford to to hand out 20,000 face masks or something like that. So they, they've got to do it in their own way, uh, do what they can. And uh, I think, yeah, I think they've been doing a good job. So they've been doing... Um, uh, they had a couple supporters donate season tickets, which they matched the amount of season tickets and then donated all of them to Warsaw um, the Manor. Um, mm-hmm. So little gestures like that are really nice. Uh, and then, yeah, as you said, with the, with the media team, they um So it's Sam... Tom and Paul, and then uh, Secretary Dan Mole as well. Uh, the four of them have been doing a running challenge. Um, I forget off the top of my head how many how many K it is they're meant to be doing between the four of them. It's 200 and something, I believe. Uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I forget off the top of my head what the number is. But it's, uh, they're doing a lot um, over the whole month of May. So I did a story beginning of this week to say they were, um, they were halfway through. Um, and they've just, I think yesterday... Tipped over 1,500 pounds raised. Mm. Um, that's going to go towards Acorns and towards the community hub that they're building at the at the, at the stadium to help uh, to help fund that as well because the building work's sort of on hold at the moment for that. Um, and then obviously Acorns is a is a charity that Express and Star have done a lot with, helped yeah. help them fundraise and and the club have done a lot with them as well, pledging to to raise 10 grand for them and stuff. So. Um, and I've been to Acorns myself the, the hospice in Warsaw I've been there a couple of times um, a couple of times when I was on news and a couple of times or uh, once I think sorry when uh, I had the uh, the sport job so um, fantastic work did they do amazing there amazing work really really good really, really lovely people there um, and uh, and yeah I mean they obviously because they were in danger of uh, of going under they've benefited a lot of, of all the fundraising so, uh, so yeah really really good and as, and as I said at the beginning it's the club have got to do it in the way they can do it they're fighting to keep themselves afloat at the moment and as I said they, they're not a club that are in a position to be able to splash the cash out on helping mm. other people sometimes you have to look after number one but to do this bit on the side to to help the people around them as well I think is always good and it, it always comes across well doesn't it it's the, the connection between the club and the fans which I think has improved a lot over the last year or so um, and uh, and yeah all, all positive stuff.
0: Brilliant stuff from them. Uh, let's get on to questions from the listeners, shall well, we? How
1: many questions? That's, this is the first question. How many questions has Lee Reynolds sent this week? That's the first oh, right,
0: question. okay. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight, eight, eight questions eight. from Lee.
1: I was right. I think I might have counted earlier. Lee, you're a top man. We always appreciate the questions. I was a little bit concerned because I, I sort of left it a little bit late this morning to put out the tweet, and I only had... One or two, one or two tweets by uh, a couple hours in, but Lee came clutch and, uh, <laughs> and threw all of the matters. Yeah,
0: he's great. That he is. He's a good First man. one, uh, Jamie Simner. Any news on when the new kit will be released? I read somewhere that the club could release it earlier than normal to raise further funds. Happy with Aria, uh the current manufacturer, of course. Kits have been great last two seasons. Tell you what, that's not a bad shout releasing the kit early to raise further funds. I don't know whether they're they've got it all sorted whether they could manufacture it and, and sell it though.
1: so it's because um, there was an update on the the zoom meeting that excuse me uh, that Tom did with, uh, with Stefan Dan Daryl and Lee mm-hmm. that they put on uh, last week I believe it was there was an update in that and then they also put out an update to confirm that they'd signed on with the for another three years so bringing all of that information together uh, to answer the question they they've signed the three year deal again with the Mm-hmm. um the kit is done uh in that they 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 obviously they decided on it and it's in the process of being manufactured as far as i'm aware mm-hmm. um and they have the capability to release it earlier but dan's dan mentioned on the uh on the zoom meeting they did that he was they were mindful of putting out earlier and asking fans to contribute more with their own money when fans Mm -hmm. have already done quite a bit already Uh, I think they were mindful of of heaping too much pressure on fans so it definitely would be a good way of bringing money in but I think they're trying to get that right balance Um, so yeah so the kit is is ready to go um, for all intents and purposes they've just got to decide when they're going to do it and uh, they have said they're going to wait and see the outcome of this season first before a decisions made on that, which which makes sense, I think. So, um, so it's not necessarily being released early, uh, but it potentially could be.
0: The big question is: Is Liam King going to buy it?
1: Wow! Well, I'll just see if Tom could get me one for free. <laughs> no, <laughs> <second>. um, <laughs> um, probably not. To be honest, no. <laughs> oh, you'll buy the 1992 no, one, won't you? It's funny you said that. I, w- I was looking at a 1990s Warsaw one on eBay the other day. No, of course you're worth. Uh, Can't help yourself. But I've decided I'm going to have a little... I didn't come. Ac- I didn't even search for it. I came across it by chance, but I'm going I'm to have a little break from buying shirts for a bit.
0: Okay. When's your birthday?
1: December 29th.
0: Oh, you might get one from me in seven months' time, if I remember. Um, Vital Warsaw. Lockdown officially ends. Where's the first place you go to and the first place you go out for dinner? I like this bit. It's added on at the end. Luke may answer too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Look, you, you have... The, you have my permission, you have Vital's permission to answer this question. I'll let you go first and everything.
0: All right, okay. So lockdown officially ends, where's the first place you go to? Uh, I'm just going to kind of merge these. Um, no,
1: no, I'm not having it because I was going to merge it as well. You can't merge a food place with the first place you're going to go. Oh, Do it separately. Don't okay, break the rules. Vital uh, set the rules they've kindly given you permission to answer the question.
0: True. First place I go to is the gym. I I can't do without my exercise. And I've been doing home workouts, and they're fine, but they're not the same. Yeah. They're just not. They're just not. And I understand, like, gyms are going to be one of the last ones to reopen, I think, because when you think about it, the amount of people just touching stuff, just like, oh, I'll put my hands on this dumbbell, and then I'll put them down. If you're you're a good gym-goer, you would put them back in the rack. What Um, what
1: gym do you go to? Is it like a... I go to the gym oh I remember you saying this before yeah because I go to I go to Pure um, it's funny you said that because I um, I the gyms were the last were well, one of the last things that actually closed though yeah so I think they might come back earlier than you think I don't know when I was in Pure just before the lockdown when they were they reduced it to like 100 people in at a time and they'd taken a load of machines out so everything was 2 metres away from everything else yeah. Um, and stuff like that. They, uh, I mean, the staff were just constantly picking stuff up, wiping it down, spraying everything. I mean, they was spray stuff everywhere for people to pick up and spray things down when they've used it. I think it might come back a bit earlier than you think.
0: You know what the killer is for me? You know when you go into the gym. I don't know if it's the same at Pure Gym, but at the gym, oh, well. they have these little kind of vestibules you have to stand in.
1: Yeah, it's the same at Pure. <laughs>
0: guaranteed that is not the place you want to be going.
1: That's a good point, yeah. Um,
0: So I've got a feeling they may have to do some sort of manual sign-in, sign out process to avoid people going through them because, I mean, I know you're not in there with someone, but it's a very tight space and all it takes is one cough or one sneeze, do you know what I mean? Um, In terms of food, first place I go out for dinner, it's a tough one. There are a lot of good places. I have missed, like, the odd takeout, the odd Mackies, the odd KFC. Mm. I'm a big Nando's man, though. Yeah, I
1: know you are. I'm, I'm with you on that.
0: Nando's is great. And, and there's there's some places, like, nearby to me where, like, little independent places, which are really good. A lot of them are still open and doing delivery. So, I've been kind of trying to help them out by taking, like, doing them orders, like, via, like, you know, Uber Eats or delivery just to keep them going. Um, but Nando's is a big one. Nando's would be enjoyable.
1: I am going to slightly cheat and, um and name about four or five food places. Um, but I'm going to agree with you with the gym. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to name a couple of these places as well. I'm, I'm not interested in vital rules. Um, um, uh, the Banks' Stadium, hopefully, will be one. Yeah, yeah um, true. I'd probably go see my girlfriend properly. That'd be nice. Um, mm. That's such a softy, aren't I? Um, with food... Nando's would be a big one I am quite looking forward To getting a McDonald's in. not gonna lie I've been eating And like running And everything I've been eating really well And being really healthy For the last like Almost two months As soon as lockdown started I jumped straight on it I've been doing Counting my calories m- My macronutrients I've been mm. I've been running Doing the counts for 5k I'm in week 7 Of of 9 Currently Um I've been smashing it, and I've been actually quite enjoying it. But Have I'm, you nailed a 5K yet? Uh, no, I, on the count of 5K, it doesn't actually do it by distance, it does it by time, and then it's sort of there or thereabouts 5K. Ah, oh, um, right, okay. So it, the time is 30 minutes, because um, uh, it builds the time up each week. I'm on, this week I've been running 25 minutes, so I'm doing that, I've done that twice this week and I'm doing it again Friday. Uh, i tell you what,
0: if you're running 25 minutes you might do a 5K.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and to be fair, I've I've I'm feeling I'm feeling myself getting a lot better at it, and I'm, I think I'm running at a pretty decent speed as well. Uh,
0: I tell you what, it's a, it's a, it's tough though running a twenty five minute five k. I did it a couple of weeks ago. I've managed to cut my time down a little bit now. I'm at like twenty four fifteen. But my god, I don't think I mean, I'm
1: there. I'm, I don't. I definitely don't think I'm there doing it because I'm not. I'm not calculating the distance. But I don't think I'm too far off. I think I'd be if, for example, when I, when I do get to the thirty minutes, I think it will be just over five k. I think because I'm Yeah, going for out sure. You should. Speed.
0: Next one, you do just just put your your. You, have you got like some sort of fitness watch or something? I don't sadly. Oh, you could even use your phone. Just just measure the distance.
1: How do you do it on your phone? Me- you, you've got an iPhone, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, it might be worth telling me off there because <laughs> I might have to give you literally give you technical instructions.
0: Yeah, you just go to your workout section, mate. I
1: don't even know what that is. Okay, we'll we'll we'll, we'll come back to this. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so I, so I am quite looking forward to having a little cheat meal. I mean, I did have, because I watched the, I'm a big UFC fan. I'm a big MMA fan, boxing fan, mm-hmm. combat sports in general, really. Um, so I stayed up for the big UFC card that was on last week. So I stayed up all night till so 6am watching it. Um, and I got myself a pizza for that. So oh, yeah. That and some beers, had a bit of a cheat. Um, so, but apart from that, I've been eating really well. So I'm looking forward to McDonald's. And the good Samaritan I am, just before lockdown... I got a new phone mm. I got an iPhone 11 I had an iPhone 10 um, Tidy. I actually because I was paying a lot for my iPhone 10 to be fair I don't know why I was paying so much I got it I rang them up and they because and, when you ring these companies up like Rango 2 and you can sort of hang off a better deal yeah. I rang them up I got it £13 cheaper a, a month than I paid for the 10 and they didn't and, and I didn't have to pay an upfront cost decent so I saved money to get a new phone so which like, makes hey, sense, doesn't it? So, in the process, I bought an iPad with it as well. <laughs> oh, of course you did. Um, All that money you saved just gone down the drain. Well, that that's monthly as well, to be fair. But um, so, so, I had a, just a, a ten line run. I was in really good nick, and my girlfriend had an iPhone eight, so I gave it to her for free an iPhone ten. Mm. I mean, that's, I mean, I am such a good Samaritan. Uh, I mean, I could have given it to charity, but still, I gave it. I gave it to. Um, so, in in. Return. I've asked for Five Guys.
0: Oh, Five Guys is a solid shout. I know.
1: I've been proper craving Five Guys because I don't. I don't have Five Guys very often because it's quite expensive. Um, yeah. I only have it. on am like, my girlfriend works lives and works in London. Um, she's actually back with a family near near me at the moment. That's why I'm going to mm. go see her today. She moved back before lockdown, but anyway. Um, so normally when I go like go to London um, to see her, well I we'll have one like every so often um and stuff like that uh so i've not had one in a long time but i've said to her because i've given her a phone that i could sound for about three four hundred quid um she has to buy me two <laughs>
0: <laughs> five guys is good though not, you not know what i love about side five side guys the portion the of chips they give you You ask it's for a little a one and it's a full bag it's
1: mental isn't it so i because i very quickly learned this with five guys i was i was warned and then realized through a mistake the first time i bought one that you either buy a small to yourself or you buy a medium if you're sharing it with someone else. You yeah, I made that large. mistake.
0: I bought a large for myself the first time I went there. It's
1: mental. The, the amount they give you is ridiculous. A small on its own is more than enough. You get the massive... Oh, the burgers are so good. The uh, drinks machine's great as well. And I've never really had a drink there, but I have said that when we go, these two these two separate occasions to pay off this phone for me, I, I'm going to buy a milkshake, so she's going to have to spend an extra fiver.
0: Oh, just like the drinks machine. It's got, that, well, it's got so many different options. You can get like Powerade. You can get like drinks that haven't been like for sale for years in them machines. It's amazing.
1: To be fair, her buying me two fine guys, if I'm going to have a drink each time as well, and I'm going to get like the big burger and go all out on it. We're talking, well, collectively, she's probably paying 50 quid. If that. Probably 20 to 25 quid each time. And she's buying me two, 40 to 50 quid. So yeah. to be fair, she is paying a little bit for me. But um, but yeah. So that's 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 the big one for me. Is Five Guys. That's that's where I'm going to absolutely smash when I <laughs> when when this lockdown's done. I cannot wait.
0: Yeah. Do you know what the killer's going to be with McDonald's and KFC? Well, some KFCs have started opening up now. The queue for oh, the yeah. drive thru is going to be insane.
1: There were some queues. Oh, I can't remember where it was. I saw it on Twitter, and they were absolutely mental. I think I think it might have been in the the Black Country possibly.
0: Is there any KFCs open in the back? I saw a queue for a KFC in Solihull. Um, and it's, I don't know, a lot of listeners probably won't know. There's a Stratford Road which runs all the way from Birmingham down to obviously Stratford if you've followed it all the way. Um, but it passes through Solihull and the queue was absurd and it was affecting like the Stratford Road through the town of Shirley. It was, it was absolutely mental. All these people <laughs> trying to get a KFC... I felt so bad for the people working there.
1: That is mental. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, I would obviously, wouldn't mind a little cheat KFC here and there, whatever. I would not be queuing that to go and buy one. No, no way. If I,
0: I'm gonna, lie, I'm not gonna lie. If I drive past the KSC and see the queue for the drive through is outside of the drive through lane. I'm I'm already seriously thinking
1: about my choice I I think the people who are going to queue for like an hour to get is mental the uh, one thing I've noticed as well a lot uh, I say notice it's probably because I uh, I would normally go to like a KFC when I was like a big chain but Mm. um, I notice a lot of people now are getting takeaways in from like local small businesses in the area and stuff like that Mm. like getting pubs are like delivering food or you can go uh, buy it and collect it. So I'm thinking of doing some of that soon to have a little cheat meal as well. Because I'm not. What, there's no McDonald's open there anyway. But um, it's nice to support local businesses.
0: Yeah, the, all all the um, all the ones we've been doing, we've been doing one weekly takeaway. So like a Friday night. Love that. And it's kind of got to be like a little independent place. It can't be like you know. Yeah. You, it can't be like a Papa John's.
1: No, that's the way to do it. I think. Yeah. A food really
0: good yeah definitely Uh, okay so let's go on to Lee's plethora of questions if League 1 and 2 finish without playing remaining games how much will that cost clubs financially would fans be taught to pay some sort of partial refund Um, if next season starts behind closed doors how many clubs are going to be in financial trouble I tell you what that's the one thing that is a serious issue is clubs are going to clubs were struggling before this clubs are really going to be struggling afterwards
1: oh yeah um, Hundred percent. The financial impact of it. I mean, they would, they would have to. As I said, they'd lose money by playing the games in League Two at this at this stage. Mm-hmm. First of all, which makes it per- virtually impossible to do. In terms of refunds, it's a very sticky one because I'm trying to think how they how they would do it because I know that didn't West Brom just yesterday announce refunds for season tickets? Yeah, they started giving. Is that? Yeah. I, I didn't actually quite get a grasp on that story I was busy yesterday was it this season or next season they were getting refunds for
0: I'm not entirely sure I can double check that though while you're talking
1: yeah yeah have a quick check if that's what. just because I don't want to get it wrong for anyone that's listening but um, the because I I know that they were at Warsaw they were putting things in place for people to watch on iFollow um, the rest of this season season ticket holders for free and then other other people could pay for it there was no talk of refunds. The season
0: Just to clarify, their, their refunding match tickets bought for this season. That makes
1: sense, yeah. I thought that might be the case. Um, so, I think they would have to do something. To what extent mm. they they could do something, I don't know. Um, and I think fans would probably be quite understanding of it. Um, <laughs> excuse me. So, yeah, at this, at this moment it's a bit un, un, unclear. And once... There's a decision made, I think these um, these questions will start to be answered a bit more in detail.
0: Mm. Lee kinda of followed that up by saying, I'd like to make it clear that I wouldn't look for a refund if the season ends, I would let the club keep whatever refund was due to help them out.
1: That doesn't surprise me. I think there'll be I think the actually the majority of Warsaw fans would probably say the same and, and me saying that isn't a pressure on any Warsaw fan to, to have to think that because there's, there'll be a lot. I mean, Warsaw isn't an affluent area. There's a lot of people who are going to need that money, um, no. and if they need the money, they sh- they should ask for the money. Equally, if they can afford it and they want the club to have it, then I think it's a really great thing for them to do. So, um, it's a difficult thing to weigh up, and I think the club are also going to have to weigh that up as well because it's not easy. It's not easy for either party. Um, no. They potentially will have to do something or offer something. Uh, we'll have to see what direction that goes in.
0: If Daryl Clark's playing budget is cut, which is highly likely, who do you think will be leaving Warsaw in the summer? Asks Lee. Will the squad look a lot different in terms of age and experience? Will which areas of the club will be most affected if
1: there are cuts? Um, so, in terms of contracts, they have Daryl describes it as a, a decent number. That's, I don't know if he can't speak his exact words, um, but uh, he's got a decent number of first team players still still on contract. So. Um, so I don't think it's going to look wholesale changes it's not going to look completely different mm-hmm. uh, but I think there will be a decent number out the door potentially so um, I would expect and that would also just say he likes to have players on shorter contracts so I would expect we're looking at some of the older lads probably are probably on shorter contracts mm-hmm. Um potentially one or two of the younger ones that came in, like Adebayo, for example, he came sort of from an academy. Uh, I'm not saying him, for example, because I know he's on a short contract, I'm just saying him as an example of the type of player who may be on a short contract. It's difficult with these types of questions, because I think fans all know now Daryl's policy, he doesn't like giving out anything mm. on contracts. Um, he did give out the information that Wes had signed an 18-month contract, uh, so we do know that he's under contract for another year. Um, but yeah, it's difficult without knowing which players are out of contract. Uh, but there, mm-hmm. there will be a few. And then the the ones that they can't keep, the academy players will take their place, by the sounds of it.
0: Yeah. Um, question marks over possible bailout from the EFL for all clubs. In practice, how would this work? On one hand, you have well-run clubs and the other, you have poorly-run clubs. Would it be fair that some clubs potentially get a bigger helping hand than others?
1: If that did happen, or if any sort of funds came from above in any sort of way the sad reality of it is most likely that the clubs that are going to struggle the most are going to get more money now you can understand it in a way because they need it at the same time a lot of them are going to need it because they've not been run very well mm. um, and then it, it it leaves a sour taste in the mouth for a club like Warsaw who's run sort of quite tightly financially um, but could also do with a bit of help I imagine so um yeah it's a tough it's a tough one because there's, there's plenty of clubs I mean, we see for example Macclesfield I mean there in dire straits I can only imagine um there's plenty of clubs in league 2 that pay beyond their means mm. um and that's there's there's a few clubs I know of in league 2 that pay beyond their means just on player wages yeah. let alone everything else that comes into account um so yeah it's um sadly that's probably the way it will go if that ever happens but we'll have to wait and see
0: uh, if there's no financial help uh, for clubs in leagues 1 and 2 do you think many will end up going out of business could it be that in the future there's only enough teams to have one league instead of two
1: what in terms of league 2 and league 1 becoming one league yeah well um, I mean, you'd imagine
0: that you'd have teams if if teams were going out of business willy nilly um, which obviously we would not want and no football fan would want you've always got you've got teams in the leagues below to kind of fill that void but it's, it's it, I mean it doesn't bear thinking about does it?
1: I don't think it would get to that stage I think I think something would would be done before we got to that stage um, and if you're going to make one league you're talking about a lot of teams <laughs> a lot of teams going out unless they change how many teams are in the division you're looking at a whole league basically being mm-hmm. sponged so I don't think that's going to happen um, but I do like Lee's questions he's, he's, he comes up with some creative ones
0: he certainly does. This one is as well. A lot of people's lives have changed for better or worse. Some are working from home and are enjoying it. Um, once the crisis is over, what changes do you think would happen in the football world that are for the better and worse? I must admit, um, some yeah, something we have seen from clubs is an increased... Um, Kind of fundraising, charitable causes, that kind of stuff. I think that could continue and I think that could be a silver lining to kind of bring from all this. Um, On top of that, I feel that, I mean this has been discussed before, the amount of money that clubs are losing, we're going to see the transfer fees for players, I think, drop quite a bit. We're not going to be seeing, I mean even in world football, we're not going to be seeing $100 or 200 million splashed on players in the foreseeable future purely because of the amount of money that clubs have, have been losing over this?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's an opportunity, isn't it, to iron out some of the, uh, the creases in football. There's, mm. there's a lot of... And again, it comes down to money is most of the issue. Um, there is a lot of problems with the way football's run in, in terms of finances. I mean, as you just said there with the the playing field is so. I mean, you look at the difference between Championship and League Two. The financial power um, and also the quality of football, in all fairness, mm. is day and night. Uh, the the gap to get up there is huge to bridge. Um, so, you, I think you're going to see you're going to see caps on wages you're going to see what, a
0: salary cap would be interesting in the league
1: yeah I, th- I think it's 100% possible I don't think it's a case of capping an individual wage for a player I think it's it be a team it's salary be wouldn't a it team cap so for example if you wanted to pay let me just choose two players at random um, I don't know Alfie Bates and Sam Perry if you wanted to pay both of them £200 a week you can or you could pay one of them £50 a week and the other one, the remaining amount of of that, my maths isn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> 350. 350. 350 yeah. Um, if, if you see what I mean. So yeah. you can, uh, so for example, if you've got a a two, uh, I don't know, twenty grand a month wage budget, you can pay five players five grand a week, but then you won't be able to pay anyone else, anything else. You know what I mean? So yeah. you've got to obviously. Level it out, and that for League Two would work quite well because, as I said, there's a lot of teams who are paying way beyond their means for player wages.
0: I think it'd be great to see that implemented. I mean, and I know it's a big change. Um, I'd like to see that implemented throughout football. To be honest with you, yeah. I think it's a it's a great way of leveling the playing field. I know you should, you can reward teams who have more money, but there are teams who are great, are great clubs. They're very well run. They just don't have the money. That I mean, I'm talking Premier League here. They don't have the money of like a, a Manchester City, um, a Manchester United. But we've seen teams like Bournemouth, for example, mm-hmm. who have come up with a bit of a shoestring budget. Yeah. I think having a salary cap throughout the league, I think it would just be it would it would I think it would inject some life into it because more and more you're seeing, especially top flight, it's a bit of a you know an exclusive top 6 top 8 and the rest of the clubs kind of finally survive i think it would kind of put an end to that and it would it would level the playing field
1: there um i i think it puts a bit of strategy into it as well because you can yeah. you can take the risk if you wanted of paying one particular player more money let's say he's more experienced he's he's better than the players you have or whatever but you take the risk of then having to have the rest of your squad slightly weaker the mm-hmm. players paid less which could have its own ramifications uh to make sure you don't go above that cap um and there's a bit of strategy to it because you could choose to have bring that player in and pay other players less or have a weaker side of academy players or whatever or you could have everyone on a relatively almost the same money here and there uh every player and and sort of go at it on a sort of level playing field within the squad as well. So there's a bit of strategy to it as well. I think that mm. would work. I think a transfer, I think I think even a transfer cap would, would work, potentially.
0: As in like a value you can spend over the window? Yeah. I'd imagine you'd have, for for a team that gets promoted, you are awarded a larger transfer cap. Yeah, as, well, I would say so, yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? And And the thing is, in the States, they use this in the leagues over there. They use it in the NBA, they use it in the NFL, I think. Um, and they have an option where you can exceed the salary cap, but when you do that, you pay something called a luxury tax, um, which essentially means you're paying double anything over um, the cap. So say, say the salary cap is £200 million for a Premier League club over the year. If you are spending £300 million, that that £100 million over, you've got to pay again.
1: Yeah, you pay. So you're paying 200 the, o, o, altogether over. Yeah, I get that. and that money
0: could then be used to trickle down, help, you know, the EFL grassroots football, that kind of stuff, or even like a charitable cause, because that sort of thing is is good at leveling the playing field, making more money, which can then be used to benefit clubs which need it.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's these changes. I think are going to have to happen because you can't have another situation where clubs are going out of. Our business and historic clubs with, with fans that, uh, I mean clubs are the the large blood of communities in a lot mm. of places and um, you can't have them going out of business, and uh, and being, completely destroyed basically. So, I think I think this is the opportunity to make those changes. I think I think we'll see something at least. Mm. Let's hope so. Last couple of
0: questions, uh, Alex Bailey. Did you ever go to a Warsaw game before you started covering us?
1: funny you say that I did did you I did um, because I was covering it for digital
0: oh of course you were I
1: did one game because I helped out with, with you and Nathan for only, only a couple of games I think two or three games I did um, yeah
0: we sacked you off because you weren't very good
1: no <laughs> well, that's not how it worked <laughs> I'm joking um, you were very very good yeah alright um, so I did a uh, league one game in February last season yeah are you googling the, the fixtures
0: uh, no actually I'm just I'm, re, I'm replying to a message from uh, Nathan
1: oh I can hear you talk but I was like oh everyone he's paying attention to the podcast it's alright he's, uh, he, he's messaging <laughs> elsewhere uh, I think it was I think it might be Rochdale mm. maybe they, were, they, and they, they lost anyway they lost 2-1 I think it was 2-1 um, ever the good luck charm oh, exactly I know so uh, there is, a, if you can find it, there is a video out there of me and Joe Massey doing a video after a game. Um, and I'm the digital man. I am, I am the Luke of the video. And, Ma- and Massey <laughs> is the Massey. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, did, I did that once. So yeah, I did, I did once. And it was at home at the Banks of Stadium, yeah. So I did go to one Warsaw game.
0: Collectors' eye on that. I um, Elliot, what's your favourite moment watching Warsaw so far?
1: Ooh, favourite moment there's been a few very good ones there's been a few difficult <laughs> difficult ones as well uh, I think the last minute winner against Northampton at home which was only mm. like two or three games before the lot, before the game was suspended yeah 2-0 down at half time come back to win it 3-2 93rd minute and uh, have you heard um, Tom Marlowe's BBC WM commentary of that goal
0: yeah, yeah. hold
1: up <laughs> 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 it's brilliant it is brilliant uh, I think that one's. I think that one because I genuinely, uh, I don't want to sound too unprofessional, but I genuinely stood up when the goal went in and sort of, sort of celebrated around me, but didn't. I didn't. I sort of like start jumping up and down, screaming, but I sort of would like I jumped away ah! and then realised, no, I've got to sit down and actually start typing. Um, goal, Warsaw. Yeah, exactly. So it was. Uh, yeah, that that was a really great moment. I really enjoyed that.
0: Hmm. What's the best goal that you've seen live? Asks Nick Efridge. There have been a few corkers this season. Um, for me, the best goal I've ever seen live is in Atta game. Um, there are a couple, but they're both Villa goals. Um, one was Alan Hutton against Blues in the derby last year, if you remember it, where he kind of runs from yes, right back. yeah I remember that one, yeah. Um, that was a pretty crazy goal. Um, the other one was uh, last season... Villa versus Rotherham Jack Grealish scored an absolute stunner it's one which is always kind of shared on social media among Villa fans he kind of they're down to 10 men Villa and he does he he just kind of like basically plays his way through this entire Rotherham side and then scores at the end of it Um, I I remember
1: that the Hudson one I don't remember that Grealish one
0: though yeah if you look if you type in Grealish Rotherham it's the first thing that comes (laughs) up Um, For me, but yeah it it was a very good goal
1: in Actually, in person, I've not seen many spectacular goals. I tend to, I, I, I never tend to be there. So I'm <laughs> going to have to go with one this season at Warsaw. And it's my. there's been a few really good ones this season. We've had uh, James Clark over kick. Yeah. And the, uh, a week later, we've had his 30-yard pile driver. Yeah. He scored literally the next game. Then a few good ones but my, my best one would be at home um, Crawley at home Wes McDonald 2-1 mm. the winner in the 88th minute and that was that curling one that he danced around a couple of defenders edge of the box and curls it clips off the crossbar and in that one's brilliant I love that goal
0: it's great when a goal goes in off the bar isn't it?
1: it the noise it makes amazing
0: spectacular right um, that just about does us Liam
1: we done oh.
0: one hour nine minutes of of Tom nothing but, but saddlers, saddler's Chit Chat
1: nothing but saddlers love that's what we want to say yep um, anything else to add Liam? don't think so no I think we're all good um, I'm hoping by the time we have a, a podcast in two weeks time then we'll have an answer on the league by then
0: fingers crossed I tell you what an answer now would be would be handy if
1: we don't have an answer in two weeks time by the time we do this podcast again I'll be i would actually be shocked if in two weeks we don't have an answer Mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I'm expecting it this week. Not because, i oh, sorry, I should I should word it to say I was expecting it this week. But now that it's they're not meeting till tomorrow with the clubs, I'm a little bit skeptical that it might not be this week. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'll be shocked. So hopefully we'll have that to talk about. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll 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 get there in the end. Be, there should be plenty of talk to talk about. I think over the next couple of weeks. So I'll keep doing the videos with Nathan, and then uh, I'll see you then, mate.
0: Yeah, should be. Uh right as always if uh, if you've listened if you enjoyed it if you're listening on iTunes give us a rating and a review it really helps us out. Um otherwise it's a bye-bye from me and bye-bye from Mr. Keane. much